welcome to Changing Academic Life. I'm Geraldine Fitzpatrick, and this is a podcast series where academics and others share their stories, provide ideas, and provoke discussions about what we can do individually and collectively to change academic life for the better. We'll talk about changing academic life. As I sit here and record this, it's early May, and I don't know about you, but it's feeling to me like academic life is changing radically in ways that we never, ever anticipated. What I thought I'd like to do today is just tell my own story and reflect some of the stories that I'm hearing around what's happening in this time. I've seen a slew of web pages, blog posts, uh, webinars, um, uh, all sorts of resources on how to work from home, how to deliver remote lectures, um, how to set up a workspace, how to structure your day. And uh, I'm also seeing various stories on Facebook and around where it seems like some people are just doing amazingly well. You know, they're making sourdough bread every day and doing a lot of innovative creative schooling with their kids and managing to write papers and keep up with meetings. But I also just wanted to present some other perspectives and to say that it's all okay. Whatever any of us, each of us are dealing with right now, it's okay. It's okay. So I can just start with my own story. Um, I, I released the last two podcasts with Pejman on, uh, I think, 27th of January and 10th of February. And I was on holidays in February, actually. So it was my intention to put out the next podcast that I, I've recorded back in September. I just haven't processed it yet. Uh, at the, at the end of February when I got back and then to start recording more interviews. We managed to get back to Vienna for a day, um, during which we had a great away day with our group where we just spent some time stepping back and reflecting on what was important to us and, and setting up some plans and ideas for how you know, we wanted to work more strategically in the future. And that night I got a call from Australia to say that my mother's health was deteriorating and that they didn't expect it to last another 24 hours. Um, my my mother had dementia and so she was already in a nursing home and it took us uh, from the Friday until the Sunday to be able to get on a plane to come back to Australia, during which time I had to try and reorganise a cover for teaching because the first day of semester was the following Monday and all of the teaching starting then and various other arrangements that had been in place at various other commitments that I had in, in March. Thankfully, mum was able to hang on another week, so we were able to get back and were able to spend some time at her bedside, not that I know in particular whether she knew we were there or not. And we were also very grateful to be able to have 
a good send-off for her in, in a funeral where friends and family could gather. Now, I was also executor of her estate and there were some basic legal things that I needed to put in place before I could come back to Vienna. The long and short of it is that by the time that we were able to come back and when we had our return flight booked three weeks into March, Australia had largely closed down, um, as had many other countries around the world with the pandemic. And so we found ourselves in a situation of uh, being stranded, COVID stranded in Australia. And it's been an interesting time because it's a, a combination of the grieving, um, the dislocation, the uncertainty, um, at the same time uh, having to cut any, had booked some holidays as well for March to help deal with the situation and to give myself time. And I had some wonderful advice from Anne Blanford, who's had a similar experience recently, who really gave me permission, gave myself permission to just give myself a break and to allow time to grieve. But I had to cut that short because we suddenly had to move all the teaching online. So I'm trying to do that uh, where we didn't have anywhere particularly to live at the time we were staying with various friends or a friend and family members and swapping between them because we couldn't travel too much uh, with the restrictions. Um, so it's just been a really tricky time, basically. Um, as it became clearer that uh, it was going to be increasingly difficult to get out. And it was interesting because we fell between the cracks where <clears throat> Australian citizens but not residents, so we don't qualify for health care or support here, where Austrian residents but not Austrian citizens, so couldn't get on to the rescue flight that left from Sydney. Um, also at the time, of course, we never knew how bad it was going to get or what was going to happen and the, you know, looking back the situation was changing from morning to night and day to day. So as it became clearer that we were going to need to be staying here a bit longer uh, we've been able to find a small apartment to stay in where I can at least set up a desk and people have been amazing in just lending us little bits of furniture or a screen so that I'm not just working on the laptop uh, the people who've rented us this little place have been very generous, even though they didn't know us. Um, and we're really grateful for how things have worked out. We still don't know when we'll get back um, or under what conditions and what conditions we'll find ourselves in. And I still feel like I haven't had the time yet to just properly process all that's happened. Um, it's strange being here having packed for a couple of weeks for summer and the weather's getting cooler. So even little things like, you know, a cupboard full of winter clothes back in Vienna but not having anything warm enough here. And, again, people have been really generous in just uh, giving us, um, you know, lending us uh, clothes to wear, etc. I've also been really grateful for our group back in Vienna because They've just kept going on and uh, a couple of people in the group at the very beginning when the lockdown happened decided to set up a, a morning hangout session on Zoom and not everyone chooses to attend but there's a good quorum who attend regularly 
and uh, people report finding that sort of structure and morning check-in really useful. It's just a very informal hangout. And I know for me it's been really important just to be able to connect in. The time difference means that then morning time is my end of day time um, and sometimes it doesn't always work out. But they're, they're just doing an amazing job in supporting each other and making it work. Now, I think my story is actually pretty good considering so many other stories that are out there and people who've lost loved ones um, through the pandemic. But even academics who may not have been directly affected by the pandemic itself are being affected in all sorts of really diverse ways. And that's something that's uh, struck me a lot about the diversity of experiences that we hear. I have a friend here who works at a university, not in, in our discipline at all, in a totally different discipline. And she's just incredibly stressed and busy because they've relied on a lot of casual and sessional lecturers to manage their workload and to do and their, their teaching cohorts. And because of the challenges with loss of income at the moment, all of these casual staff have been let go and the permanent staff, the few permanent staff there, are still expected to pick up and deliver all the teaching and they're just really stressed out. I've heard some people talk about how they've never been so productive having the time to work at home uninterrupted and structure their own day. And then there are other people who are talking about how hard it is to get anything done. And a lot of these people are people with kids who are trying to juggle homeschooling or really young kids who need a lot of looking after while also trying to get some basic work done. Um, one colleague made an interesting observation that they really missed the transitions, just a couple of minutes to themselves, because when they were home, they were moving directly from being in a meeting to dealing with the kid to doing something for dinner or whatever was needed. And, the, and they realised how important it was for them to have that transition period where they just did a daily commute to and from the office, just as a little bit of a bubble headspace for themselves. And it also seems like it doesn't matter whether you would call yourself introvert or extrovert, uh, different people are reporting that it's difficult in many ways to be stuck at home. Um, I was particularly struck by a colleague who described themselves as an, ex as an introvert and said that they were surprised how much they missed just physically seeing people, even though they saw people a lot online. Um, and even uh, missing hugs, which was something that they didn't think they were a huggy person. So there are all sorts of experiences. Um, I think many of us maybe could perhaps talk about settling into a routine a little bit more um, and finding some structure. And, yeah... So times are changing. It'll be interesting to see what remains wondered in the new world order. Um, one of the things that I think I've been feeling is, um, well, I was dealing with guilt at first uh, because 
I feel like there was so much, there's so much more I could be offering right now because of the um, master's degree that I've got and a lot of the work that we do in running workshops. And, and I see so many colleagues doing such great work in supporting other people. But I'm trying to learn just to say to myself, it's okay not to be doing that right now. Um, that I'm, I'm flat out just dealing with the day to day. I find myself rethinking what's important. And I realized how hard it is to get all the work I need to go do um, within normal hours. And of course, I always knew that. But I thought I'd done a better job at pulling back on how much I worked. And I have done that as well, but not as much as what I thought I had. And here, um, I've been really trying to keep my working hours within normal ranges and and it's a struggle the days disappear some days just don't feel like I get much done at all and just trying to catch up with emails and respond to a lot of the things that need some urgent attention um, dealing with various situations that have emerged uh, and you know, the things on my to-do list keep getting carried over I look at my calendar as well and all the things that I should have done, you know, or not should as in should, but all the things that I had already committed myself to for March, April and May. And I'm exhausted just looking at it. You know, I should have been, I, I would have had travels to uh, Norway and Sweden and London and Taiwan and Hawaii and Iceland um, and Silicon Valley later on, uh, Iceland and Silicon Valley later on in uh, June. Um, and we were also running a leadership, a residential leadership uh, retreat event in June. And I know I would have done all of that work okay, would have been able to prepare the workshops, read the PhD for the defence, uh, deliver keynotes, um, host visitors, attend conferences that were associated with all of this travel. And I would have been dealing with the teaching that I would have needed to do, but I would have been busy. Again, I thought I had been doing a better job at managing how much I said yes to, and I do try to manage that in ways that um, fit with my values and where, where I think I can make good contributions. But as I said, looking at the calendar and what would have been happening in this time uh, is very scary. I've also been learning lessons just about the value of prioritizing exercise. And again, we've done this in the past. We've been doing much better over the, over the years at this, but it's been much easier here because, um, I think because you know, you're restricted to just going out for exercise that you feel like you have to take that privilege and go out. And it's been so important just to get out into the fresh air uh, and to do some walking or running or cycling. And, of course, having a good climate here helps. And connecting with friends and family. Uh, I know that, like many of you, I'm a bit zoomed out, um, but it has been great just to see what it means to be connecting with people on a semi-regular basis during this time in a way that we haven't in normal time because you always think you can do it. 
I find it interesting the ways in which the experiences of the pandemic put into contrast um, lots of different aspects of my life and lots of different choices that I make, can make, have made. And I guess I just wanted to reflect that um, whatever each of us are feeling or doing or however we're handling it, it's okay. There are strange times. We don't have to be doing as well as other people. We, we can be doing better or worse in different ways. There's no competition. So, you know, giving ourselves permission just to be wherever we're at right now. And give ourselves permission to give us, give our, give ourselves a break as well. Being self-compassionate, that it's okay to have a hard day and to ask yourself, what do you need right now in order to deal with it? And looking out for other people and giving other people a break as well. And I'm, I've been really impressed with many of the messages that I see people sharing from their heads of department or their uh, managers who are saying, it's okay, do what you can do. The best that we can do is good enough right now. And also just in the middle of all this, learning how to celebrate the small wins and, and small achievements. And a small win might just be that we got out of bed today or that I did just get some email handled. Um, and that's that's okay. So... Just some general musings from Australia. Uh, interested to reflect on and hear other people's stories and other people's learnings and really interested to see just how academic life changes, what choices we all choose to make moving forward. So I did record this a couple of weeks ago and it's just been sitting there ever since because my vulnerable self has been saying, you don't normally put yourself out there like this. I don't engage in social media very much and I also very much try to make the podcast not about me. And also recognise that so many other people are dealing with so much more at this time and everyone's dealing with very difficult situation. And then there's my critical perfectionist self who was also saying uh, the audio quality is really poor and you didn't say what you wanted to say and you should just redo it and try to make it better. But today is my be kind to myself day. Um, I signed up for an Action for Happiness uh, 10-day program with where they give you a very simple thing to focus on every day. And I just thought it would be something that could help in the current situation. It's actually been really great because it gives draws your attention to one thing. So today my task is to be kind to myself. So I'm going to be kind to myself, give myself a break and say it's not perfect. Um, it may connect for some people and may be useful and I'm going to put it out as is. Um, so there it is. I will link 
at the on the web page um, a link for the Action for Happiness 10-day program in case anyone else is interested in doing it. I also link there uh, a couple of other resources that I've found really useful. So Anna Cox and colleagues have done a great uh, website collating resources around e-work life and working from home and managing all these sorts of boundaries that we're, we're grappling with. And my alma mater, University of Queensland, also produced a very um, good video just explaining uh, some of the reasons why we have the responses we have in this time. So I'll link that as well. And I can also point you to a webinar that um, myself and Austin Rayner will be facilitating for Informatics Europe, and that will be held on the 25th of June. And it will be really trying to collate the wisdom of the crowd to work out what do we want this new academic life to be like? What do we want to take forward and what do we want to leave behind? And to do that as a collective um, brainstorming exercise. So I'll add a link to that as well and hope you can join us. Take care at this time and be kind to yourself as well. You can find the summary notes and related links for this podcast on www changingacademiclife.com You can also subscribe to Changing Academic Life on iTunes and now also on Stitcher and you can follow Change Acad Life on Twitter and if something connected with you please consider sharing this podcast with your colleagues so that we can widen the conversation about how we can do academia differently